Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 21 for the Jackson Hole Connection, a podcast featuring worldly interesting people with wildly fascinating stories to share who have a connection to Jackson Hole. My vision for this podcast is to visit with folks who wish to share how their actions in their daily lives are making positive impacts in their communities. My guest today is the talented and creative Brian Medina. Brian is the co-founder of Timber Media, owner of Buckrail, and has recently acquired Planet Jackson Hole. Brian originally arrived in Jackson Hole to ski, and after breaking his back on a ski trip to Europe, decided he needed a career-oriented job. Brian is a highly motivated entrepreneur, a father, a husband, and an involved community member. Brian will share with us today his motivating factors to be more than a skier and why he enjoys calling Jackson Hole his home. And before we begin, I have a quick word from one of my sponsors. Is it okay to pair beer with Beef Wellington? Does Merlot go with Red Bull? Not sure how to make the perfect bourbon and Coke? Well, the team at the liquor store of Jackson Hole can answer all of these questions plus more. Stop in at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming, or visit us at tlsofjh.com to experience service that will knock your socks off. The liquor store has been serving the Jackson Hole Valley for over 35 years. Brian, thank you for coming to the office today for the Jackson Hole Connection. So excited to see you. Yeah, excited to be here on this uh, nice snowy Jackson day. So, Brian, you have become quite the media mogul here in the community. (laughs) There's several of you here in the community. Co-founder of Timber, owner of Buckrail, just acquired Planet Jackson Hole, getting ready to relaunch that. Congratulations on all these successes, and you now have a new son. Well, not new, 18 months old. Yeah, yeah. And so dad, a uh, husband, how are you balancing all of this being a business person and still finding time for yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't ski 100 days uh, a year anymore like we used to, but, you know, still finding time to get out on, you know, Friday afternoons for Skin Up the King or, you know, trading off with my wife. You know, she'll have uh, our son Owen at the base of the resort. And then, you know, dad gets to go take a couple tram laps and then we'll swap back out. So I, I think that's part of uh, what makes, you know, Jackson interesting is, you know, you've got really driven people from a career and an entrepreneur perspective, but that also really enjoy the outdoors. And so part of living here is finding that balance and, and you know, doing what you love in work and outdoors. It is a fine balance for sure. But I tell you what, if there's any place that I were to live and have a busy professional life, this is where I'd want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead of, uh, you know, waiting in line for an hour to get on the freeway, you wait in line for five minutes to get on the gondola. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you know, you there's different trade offs and different rewards for different places that you live. But, you know, I I think Jackson has that ability to literally walk out my office and be on Snow King in five minutes or, you know, be up in Cash Creek on my mountain bike and still be able to get work done. Plenty of resources here for for fun and work. And I read in the pre-show notes that you came out here with some college buddies. How did you guys hear about, oh, let's drive to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and land at the Stagecoach Bar (laughs) in Wilson, Wyoming? 
you know, I, I grew up uh, in Western Massachusetts. Uh, literally, you know, my neighbor, my close neighbor was three miles down the road and it was a dairy farmer. And so, you know, we didn't have the mountains like we have out here. We had, you know, small little icy ski resorts. And, you know, when you grow up on the East Coast, you hear about these places out West where it's like powder snow and, you know, you there isn't ice everywhere. And so, you know, it had always been kind of a, a dream, if you will, to be able to ski out west someday. And, uh, you know, me and two other buddies, Christmas break, I think it was junior year in college, uh, got in his car and just drove straight west and didn't really know where we were going or what we were going to do. But we knew we wanted to go skiing and, uh, you know, we'd saved up some money. And yeah, basically, as we were driving across country, we said, well, you know, we'll start in Jackson and then we'll make our way down to Utah and the resorts in Colorado, Aspen Vale. And, you know, we had had some friends that were in different places, you know, and so we were able to kind of crash on couches and figure out lift tickets and do the whole deal. But, you know, there was uh, Jackson was the first place we went and luck have it. It was a wall-to-wall opening with the old tram yeah so my first run at jackson hall was a early tram down the bowl on a two-foot pow day and i think you can uh, make the correlation as to why i wanted to come back <laughs> that's uh, an experience not everybody gets to have yeah yeah and wow for your first run ever out here two-foot pow day off the tram is spectacular yep yep and yeah, i made it about halfway down before my legs gave out but yeah <laughs> You're like, wow, this place is tough. Yeah. <laughs> this place is tough. And now how many years have you been here? Uh, going on 14 years now. Um, and, you know, the the first bit, you know, I was uh, probably five years or so. I was, you know, ski bumming, bartending in the winters. And then in the summertime, I was traveling for uh, marketing jobs, contract marketing jobs. And so I'd work all summer long, you know, save up as much as I could and then move back to Jackson and, you know, be able to kind of relax, wind down, ski. And, you know, after four or five years of doing that, at the end of every summer, all I wanted to do was get back to Jackson. And I said, why am I fighting this? I should just try and make a go of it here. And that's uh, that's actually where Timber came from. Um, you know, I knew that I wanted to have a career and there just weren't technology jobs in Jackson and that was where my focus was was you know technology marketing and so you know I just started building websites and and doing marketing for different nonprofit organizations which has kind of grown and evolved into a, a full service marketing agency here in Jackson congratulations yeah you saw a need that the valley had and your skill set, you put it all together and started building it from ground up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's spectacular um, because you didn't say, well, there's not anything here for me. You probably did some a little bit of soul searching to find out what is it that you can do to, to be able to survive in this area. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was really kind of the, the appeal of working in the digital space is that you know, we have clients kind of all over the country and being able to do that from Jackson, you have to be able to work remote. You need to be able to hold a, a teleconference or a dial in. And um, the culture of, you know, digital marketing is very much, you know, remote employees and, you know, traveling or not having to travel for a meeting every time you want to talk to somebody. And so uh, when you live in a place like Jackson, um, you know, you you attract uh, 
a certain clientele anyway. And it's very much this, you know, outdoor action sports, lifestyle oriented client. And when they find out that you're in Jackson, a lot of times they're just, they've already booked the ticket and they're coming, you know, the (laughs) the sales process is pretty short. It's also the type of work and clientele that we're, that you want to be working on. It's stuff that you're personally interested in. And so that makes it a lot of fun. It does make it fun having the interest with your clientele has got to make it so much more engaging. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you get to work on, you know, a, a outdoor uh, apparel companies, you know, website, and you actually get to go try out the jacket and test it on Teton Pass. And you're like, yeah, this is a great product. It's a lot easier to build a, a campaign and market around something that you use and you believe in um, as opposed to, just another widget, you know. So you've become a product tester as well. Well, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> any anytime there's a chairlift meeting or an excuse to get out of the office, you got to take advantage, right? <laughs> so everybody listening, uh, make sure you plan with your boss's chairlift meetings. <laughs> that means you're going to have a meeting on the ski chairlift. Those are really critical, extremely productive too. Yeah, the way the snow's coming down, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to have uh, have one tomorrow morning. Yeah, so. it's, it's looking yeah. good right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely looking good. And so you started with Timber, and then you identified a, another media group here in, in the state called Buckrail, and you were able to acquire that. What has driven you to go from just designing websites, doing the mar- digital marketing, to say, oh, here's another opportunity for me? Why, why do that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so uh, the guys that actually started Buckrell were uh, the gr- this group called Pitch Engine. And I had, you know, I've been friends with them. We met at the governor's conference a few years ago. And, you know, they built up a great product and a great following and a great audience. But um, they were missing the connection to Jackson Hole and because they were trying to run it, you know, remotely. And so you know, the guys that had owned it previously were in Jackson. We went and had some beers and, you know, got to talking. And really my interest in Buckrell was around uh, content. And, you know, at Timber, we do a lot of content marketing. And in the marketing industry as a whole is really shifting towards value creation, content marketing. You know, people don't want to see just a static advertisement saying, hey, this is on sale. They want to know about your brand who you are, why you do what you do. And, you know, digital content marketing is a great medium for brands to be able to build a better connection with consumers and, you know, really express like why you do what you do. And then, you know, so so with Buckrail, there's a local news outlet that is producing a lot of content. And Uh, one of our key differentiators on Buckrail is that we allow people to do sponsored content. Um, And sponsored content is an opportunity for someone to share, you know, a 800 word piece about why they're here in the community and the value that they add and what makes them special or a video or a podcast or, you know, and really do a lot more than just a standard print ad. And so, you know, I think the opportunity for me was around the fact that we're creating a lot of content at Timber. It makes a lot of sense to have an outlet to share that content on. And there's also a really large national draw to what's going on in our area. Um, You know, we're at the doorsteps of two national parks. 
you know, people that come to Jackson have a lasting connection with the community. So, you know, we get about 65% of our traffic from across the U.S. Um, and it's people that really want to stay connected with Jackson. They want to know what's going on. You know, when there's a snowstorm, they want to see pictures of it. Uh, if a Boy Scout's picking up trash on the town square, they want to know about it. And, and that's what we're doing with Buckrow. That's spectacular. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thank you for sharing that uh, content with people. There was a, an animal shelter in Star Valley that, you know, they basically were out of supplies. You know, they had no food. The, everything was kind of run down. And, you know, we put out a post through one of our partners, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, we need some donations. This place is, you know, th these guys are in rough shape. You know, they could use some help. And literally within four or five hours, there was a truckload full of supplies, food, paper towels, like everything you could think of for uh, the animal shelter. And all we had to do was put a post out and say, hey, let's rally together. Let's be a community. Let's help out this animal shelter. And, you know, being able to invoke positive change in our community just by putting a little post out was like, game changer for me. That was one of those like, wow, this is a really powerful thing for our community and, and we can have a really good impact in the community. I, I love what you said, the positive impact that you can have on the community. And you hear in media so much today, it can be so negative, all of the messages. But when you read the content that is on Buck Rail and a reason why I'm doing this podcast is to really share how there's real people out there doing real stuff that's positive, making wonderful impacts in the right direction for people's lives. So when you take away all the other chatter <laughs> that is available on the internet in today's world, or whether it's on traditional TV or radio, there's some stories that you can really lean into and wanna be a part of. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think that being said, we, we absolutely pick up some of this visceral, you know, discussions that happen. Uh, but I think really we focus our news on what's going on in the community and what's relevant to the community. And there are some great underappreciated uh, people, businesses, you know, things that are happening that and I think our, our focus is bringing that to light and, and saying, hey, there is a lot of good things happening. It's not all just chaos and craziness. And, you know, in, in your own town, you know, here are the things that you can have an impact on as well. You know, I mean, you, you, what's going on in the national news feels like it's so far away and so out of your control and so far out of your reach. But, hey, here's a here's a local story and you could go to this event and you could learn about this topic today. And it's, it's a clear, actionable thing that people can do. And I, I feel like that's had a, a really great impact on the community and keeping people informed and, and engaged as to what's going on. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned impact and how we can all make a, a positive change wherever anybody's living. My One of my uh, first few guests, I believe it was episode number three, Dr. Ed Brenniger, who lives here in town. I don't know if you've ever met Ed. Yeah. He wrote The Circle of Impact. And it's really, and the undertitle is Taking Personal Initiative to Ignite Change. And that's what you just said is exactly what he talks about in his book that we can all make 
a difference. And it just takes one person to make one decision, to take one action that's positive, to ignite change, and we can make a difference in the world. Yeah, in, in the world and in our community and our day-to-day lives, you know, and, and I think it, it, it's been a really interesting, you know, you had asked, like, why would I take on the, the Buckrail news task? And, you know, initially it was a, it, it was a numbers business. Hey, you know, we're creating content and we're getting this content out and that's great. But it's evolved into this, wow, we're, we can really have a good impact on the community and we can inspire people to be involved and, and hopefully make a positive change. Yeah. Kudos to you and your team for doing so much for this area. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much appreciate it. And in running these businesses that you have, what have been some of the challenges that you've had to work through? Because I see a challenge as something that can put up a barrier. And either we go around, we stop, we back up and avoid the barrier, or we go through it, we work through it. What have been some of those challenges that you've had to to work through to continue growing timber buck rail and and now with the launch of planet jackson hole yeah yeah um you know for i think jackson provide or presents opportunity but it also presents challenges you know i mean you're in a a remote mountain town if you will uh there's no collegiate university uh the the majority of people that are here they're they're here for a period of time and then they're moving on to something else and so to find people that want to stay here, that are motivated to stay here, that are willing to, you know, make a sacrifice in some portion of their life to have the opportunity to walk out the door and go ski five minutes from work. It's a unique person and there there aren't, you know, everyone will tell you that hiring is the hardest part and I will say that as well. But our adaption to that has been able to have a really strong uh, remote workforce. And so, you know, we were, having uh, online you know, teleconference meetings six years ago, seven years ago as part of our daily workflow. I think being anchored in Jackson is an appeal and that's how we've solved, uh, I guess, our hiring issue is just being really, having a really strong remote work culture. You know, some of the other challenges, housing, everyone has a problem with housing, um, but the remote you know, that's our solution for that as well. And I think when you when you look at, you know, quality of life and 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 the, the work that you do and, you know, making sure that everyone uh, is compensated well and that they're motivated by what they do. So, you know, I, I think we have a really good culture of uh, empowering employees to make decisions and, you know, to be able to move forward and and operate independently and, and feel like they're being and rewarded for that as well. Um, so a little bit of a side tangent there, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Jackson's a tough place to run and, and start a business. It's one of these things where like, if you can, uh, if you can make it work here, I feel like you could make it work anywhere. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, it definitely on that aspect, what percentage of your workforce is remote workforce? We're, we're probably about 50, 50. Are you? Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not that I wouldn't want people to be here. It's the, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, we're, we're hiring top tier talent and, you know, people that are of that level typically 
you know, are in a place in their life where they want to own a house and they have kids and, you know, a mortgage. And, you know, when you look at moving a family of four to Jackson, that's not, uh, <laughs> it's not something a lot of people could do. No, yeah. it's, um, if people don't have an understanding, we'll put a link to Zillow for them to look at <laughs> <laughs> some housing prices here. Uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely um, up there. Going back to what you said of how you're running your operation, empowerment, um, giving people the opportunity to lead themselves. I think that's some little pieces of ingredients that you're following that makes your business successful because people do want to make their own decisions. They do want to be, they want to have the empowerment to guide themselves and feel as though that they are a part of the organization being successful versus just being told what to do, what to do. And you get the higher tier, higher performer when you allow somebody to make those decisions and to act on their own as the individuals, but follow the guidelines of what the business needs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of my kind of core philosophies is like, I would never, ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself, right? And that goes all the way through everything of, you know, I'm probably going to go ski tomorrow morning. Um, and, you know, if if someone's in the office, they've made a decision. They know that they could go skiing and, you know, get, get that enjoyment, get that out. But then you're going to work till six or seven. You're going to still get everything done but you have the opportunity to go and enjoy the place and enjoy the space. And, you know, you can make that decision of how you want your day to be. It's not, Hey, you're in the chair at eight. You don't get out of the chair till five. It's, you know, I'm going to go skiing. So you should be able to go Mm -hmm. skiing. (laughs) A a little different with your world compared to one of the businesses or two of the businesses that I have, which is in retail operations. We do have to schedule people right? because we don't know when the customers are going to come in. There's a prediction, but if we open the doors at 830 <laughs> and somebody says, well, I'm going to go skiing today, uh, not nah. as, it's just not the same industry. So it's wonderful that in your industry, you're able to offer those um, that flexibility yeah. to, to the people that live here. Um, and it's, that's a challenge for us because we can't offer that type of flexibility because during certain times of the day, we need X number of people to service the customers, to offer the level of service that we need. Well, and you know, I, I wonder about that as far as the, the future of Jackson a bit in the sense of, you know, the number of people that are here that are able to work those jobs that require, you know, people to be in, the, you know, in the office for a set period of time, the number of people that are able to do that is is dwindling. And it's becoming, you know, more and more of a, a bedroom community where people from Victor and Alpine are coming over to do that. And, you know, as businesses continue to open, restaurants continue to open, I think we have like six new restaurants opening in the next, in this month of, you know, new businesses. And it's like, where's the staff going to come from? Uh, You know, most organizations in the Valley are 20 to 30% understaffed right now. And, you know, this is kind of a, a side tangent, but, you know, what's the solution for that, you know? And, 
it, it, I, I wonder about that. I mean, I'm grateful that we're in a position where we can hire a remote and they're set up to handle that. But to your point, for a business like yours, I, it's, it, it's, a, it's a challenge that is not going to go away and that, you know, I think everyone needs to be working towards trying to come up with a solution for them. Well, I think the markets will take care of it. Yeah. Because at a yeah. certain point, if potential restaurateur wants to open a restaurant and they realize, ooh, I'm not going to be able to find people, they're not going to survive. So well, it's you, that or we have $25 hamburgers. Or right? we have $25 <laughs> hamburgers. And there's only so many people in the Valley that can buy $25 hamburgers. So then some of those restaurants go out of business. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think the market will handle itself on on a lot of that but housing can be a a challenge for sure but let's not get into that to that tangent right now i I would love to know who has helped you mentor you along do you have a mentor and and how they helped you come along um through through growing your businesses my grandfather kind of instilled uh at a very young age into me this kind of mantra if you will of you know, you only ever get out of something what you're willing to put into it. And that's kind of been a guiding principle, I think, for how I run my businesses, how I run my life, how I run marriage, you know, being a father kind of across the board in the sense of, you know, if you're not willing to give it your all, you can't expect to get anything out of it. I think as far as like a, a guiding principle or, or a mentoring <laughs> Uh, role, I, I would say that that's kind of been a, a guiding principle for me. I, I love that guiding principle. And my grandfather always taught me to work hard. Yeah. And he would see me working and says, tell you what, you're, you'll never have to rely on anybody to put food on your table. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as you said, giving it your all, that Bubba Albrecht giver yeah. who has started yeah. a clothing company here in town, that's what his saying and his how why he named his company what it is is giver give it your all yeah do it and and you can be successful yeah i mean you know i think you know jackson's a tough place to to make to make it you know and you know i i come from very humble you know beginnings like i don't have a a trust fund to fall back on um you know all i have is uh grit and the ability to just work and work hard and and you know, that's kind of what drives me. For me, I, I'm with you. I, I have no trust fund <laughs> whatsoever. I, do, I would like one of those machines <laughs> that prints the money, though. You know? <laughs> if you get one, uh, throw some of it this way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Looking at what that grit and determination is, it's it's so important. And whether you it's here in Jackson or the rest of the country or the rest of the world, that's what it takes to be a business owner, to be an entrepreneur. But more importantly, as you said, even if it's your marriage, if it's you being a dad, you have to give it your all. Yeah. And and giving it to me for giving it your all means the your attention, your focus, um, your intentionality with what you are involved in at that moment in time. That is so important. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean... You know, you had asked, you know, unique challenges in Jackson. I mean, I, I think a lot of people get presented with a challenge and, you know, they give up, they turn around. Um, I, you know, I, I think for me, when I get presented with a challenge, it's something that I really enjoy is solving it. Uh, and, and I have a tenacity to not give up until it's solved. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. 
Who's going to solve it for you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody. <Yeah>. Nobody. <laughs> so either you solve it or the opportunity goes away. Right. And you might as well go back to waiting tables. But as you wrote in the pre-show notes, you broke your back skiing. <laughs> that yeah. was the big life-changing event for you that said, hmm, I need to do more than just wait tables and bartend and travel through the summer and work hard in the summer and just play in the winter. Well, and uh, mind you, I had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, uh, I bet you, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and met a lot of great people. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of my best friends, you know, like that there's a lot of growing up that happens, um, you know, when you're working your way through the industry and trying to figure out, you know, where you want to be. And when I started, you know, Timber, I, I had no idea that I wanted to build websites and, you know, buy a digital news website. And uh, it was more, I was having fun and it was a challenge. And, you know, I, I followed what was interesting and that's what's kind of led me through that. Cool. Running three businesses is not easy. <laughs> How do you stay organized what it, to accomplish the big items every day? Yeah, I, I have some, some great team members that, uh, you know, without them, uh, none of it would be possible. And so, you know, people that keep me on track, uh, Google Calendar, uh, if it's not in my Google Calendar, it's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, you know, it's really about uh, surrounding yourself with good people that are motivated and, you know, willing to work towards a common goal. And, you know, it's certainly not something that I could do on my own by mm -hmm. any means. It does take an army of wonderful people <laughs> yeah. around us to be able to do what we do. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And with calendar, if I don't see items on the calendar, <laughs> I can kind of have a panic attack at right. times. <laughs> But not just on my desktop calendar, but on my phone calendar. Yeah, that's so important that they they There's, equal each other. Mm -hmm. um, but I see that you have a journal with you as well, so you, you handwrite notes and keep track of things. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I, I uh, people give me a hard time about it sometimes, but I'm still, you know, a pretty analog guy for being in the digital world. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have a notebook. I, I write everything down in there. Uh, I prefer, I have a huge record collection, uh, you know, I prefer records to everything else. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there's certain things that are better, you know, digitally, and there's mm -hmm. certain things that uh, I think are better analog. And so. I, I'm with you. I have a analog day planner that I use, but I also manage some of that information digitally as well. So my day planner, I see all the same stuff on the calendar wise um, to-do list, but I love to write stuff down. And I think it's so um, freeing <laughs> yeah. to write it down and to get away from the computer screen. Yeah. It's, it's so important to me to get away from that computer well, screen. It goes back to like the balance of, you know, being able to unplug a little bit and, you know, if you need to go for a hike, a bike ride, go for a ski, whatever that is, and being able to have kind of a, a physical connection to what you're working on, whether it be just writing down notes or, you know, being able to go outside and product test the jacket. That's right. Um, you know, you got to have uh, that connection as well. Indeed. And so if you would like to leave the listeners with one little bit of tidbit to be successful in life, what would you share with people? It's a good question. <laughs> I think it's really about having fun and 
for me anyway, like that's been kind of my driving force is following what's fun. And for me, you know, I had a lot of fun skiing uh, and skiing is what led me to Jackson Hole. And, you know, as I'm skiing and I'm having fun in Jackson Hole, I started getting presented with new challenges of finding a career. And, you know, I started building websites and that became fun. And, you know, now I'm at a point where, you know, we have uh, a 16 month old son and it's, it's a lot of fun to spend time with him. And so I think it, it's following what you're passionate about, what you're having fun with, and, you know, the rest will follow. Brian, well said, don't forget to have fun in life. We can work hard, but we have to take care of ourselves and, and have a lot of fun while we're doing it. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to, you know, grind away 80 hours behind a desk and take two days off a year to have quote unquote fun because that's not fun. That's you know? not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. How can people reach out to you if they want to connect with you, Brian? My email is uh, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at We Are Timber, and that's W-E-A-R-E-T-M-B-R. Spectacular. Yeah. I love it. We Are Timber. Yep. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Brian, this has been awesome. I have so much enjoyed sitting here talking to you today. Yeah, thanks. Learning more about you, how you have driven your company to be successful, some of your philosophies that you live and work by. I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you and look forward to seeing you very soon. Yeah, and thank you for putting all this together. I mean, I think uh, much like I was saying, I, I feel like Buckrell is adding value to the community. I feel like these conversations are, are adding a lot of value to the community and, and bringing to light people's connections to the place. And um, I, I think that's great. You bet. Thanks. Thank you for saying so, Brian. Yeah. Good to see you today. Yeah. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small market in Jackson Hole with a huge reach. Stop in for hot coffee and homemade breakfast in the morning, awesome lunches in the afternoon, and finish the day with a soft serve ice cream and a six pack of beer. Need catering for breakfast or lunch? They can do it and deliver for free. Want to know more? Visit jhmarketplace.com. Thank you everyone for tuning in today to the Jackson Hole Connection. I hope you have enjoyed the listening and can take away a little nugget about life. I'm always looking for fun guests who have a connection to Jackson Hole. Know of someone who would be great to be on the show? Please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review The Jackson Hole Connection on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you receive your podcasts. A special shout out to my friend Luke Taylor for producing and providing the tunes for this podcast. Y'all come back again, you hear?